Welcome to the Live Courageously podcast show. I'm your host, John Duffy, and this is my 56th Live Courageously podcast show since I started the show about two years ago. Live Courageously has been the conscious theme of my life for the last three years since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, an unconscious theme for most of my life. This is a very, very special show as I make another turn around the sun and celebrate my birthday week. So the next two shows are with my childhood and lifelong friends from my neighborhood in the South Bronx, and we're going to go on a journey back, way back into our youth. So let's meet today's guest, my good brother, Carmelo Berrios. Carmelo grew up in the Mott Haven section of the South Bronx, like myself. He lived through some of the worst days when the Bronx was burning, as we both did, and Carmelo was both my childhood and a lifelong friend. Carmelo was a survivor, uh, went through homelessness, drugs, Turned his life around, his passion for music led him to play in many, many uh, salsa bands all over the country on albums and just uh, live a whole life of passion for music. He's a husband. He continues to play music in his church in Florida and uh, uh, inspires people with his uh, love of music and his gift of music. So with that, let me welcome and bring out my South, South Bronx brother, Carmelo, man. Pleasure to have you on the show, my good brother. Thank you, thank you, John. That sounded awesome, man. You know, uh, it's, it's it's a great feeling to know that I still have good friends after all these years, really. And you're one of them. Well, uh, you know, we we've been through so much together. I'm going to throw up a quick picture of you uh, when you were a little <laughs> bit younger. Uh, and uh, that's a great, a great photo of you. Uh, and that goes back to the days when we knew each other, man, uh, on the street there. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did a, we did a lot of stickball and football and Johnny on the Pony and all kind of games that today's kids do not understand. No, I mean, all, all, we did all that. We did, uh, you know, a bunch of other things besides. I mean, we did crazy things, too. Like, I don't know how many of you that you did with me, but I know we jumped from rooftops. We swam in the East River. Uh, we opened I up didn't... fire hydrants illegally nonstop. Uh, we did a while. I didn't want to. I didn't want to touch that. But since you did. Yeah, that was pretty much crazy moments in our life. Uh, the jumping of one end of the roof to another the building that's adjacent to yours had a little space in I'm between my building up right now yes yeah that that's it. so if you, if you look up to the roof there's a little space between two the two buildings and that little space was pretty dangerous but we didn't know any better uh i jumped uh, yeah. i jumped it uh, nothing to brag about. I would not do that today. <laughs> no, I don't think we would. But, but that, yeah, that building, 400 East 141st Street, that was the corner building that I grew up in and lived 18 years of my life. And you mm -hmm. lived down um, two, two buildings, buildings down. down. Two buildings down. Which was 434, mm -hmm. correct? Uh, oh, 410. 410. Why do I go? 434 is all the way down the, the block. 410. Right. Yeah, so you, you lived two buildings down from us. And this... The, our side of the block was made up of tenement buildings like uh, mine. And then across the street from us was brownstones. The brownstones. That people owned that thing. So it was like mm -hmm. two sides of the street. The people who owned buildings or had the, I would say, the nice neighborhood, right? They lived in the brownstones and we lived in the tenements. 
it didn't matter to us. No, <laughs> Whoever was in the block was part of the family. <laughs> if you remember the if you remember the old man with the collies, the two collies, uh-huh. and uh, he uh, from time to time would come out and see the kids, which was us doing our thing, and and uh, but uh, a lot of good people lived on that side of the street. Yeah, on our side of the street. Um, we uh, we got together when the time when it when it was called for games, arguments, fights between other bodies that shouldn't have been in that area to begin with. I personally never indulged in those things, but being there, I witnessed, and uh, yeah. But uh, the side with the brownstones. Uh, those are the that's the more quiet side of the street, you know. Yeah, you're right I, about you know, that. I remember, like you say, the fights. It, it's kind of funny because I remember I didn't engage in them either. I saw them right, just like you. I mean, I did. I did enough fighting with my brother Pat, who was uh, four <laughs> years older than me. So everybody thought we were like the two crazy Irish kids. So no one, had, we really didn't have to fight anybody else. We just fought each other, right? So that was that was enough fighting for for us, which was a good. We, thing. We, we seen a lot, Tuffy. We seen a lot, and if you remember, if you remember, uh, when the uh, riots were happening back in the mid uh, '67, '68, uh, it was it, it was it was things like that that kept the group of, of guys in the block kind of like straight you know we might have done a lot of things but when we saw when we saw riots there stuff like that we were like okay you know we don't need to be a part of that craziness that's that's beyond what we do you know well we experienced i'm gonna show a little bit more later when we get to that but you know like you said in, in 67 i think was the first riots that started out in harlem and then kind of came up to our neighborhood it was two bridges from Harlem into the Bronx, so Willis Avenue and the Third Avenue Bridge. Right. So, so the riots started out in Harlem and then they uh, gravitated up to our neighborhood. And then in '69, there was another set of riots, not not as crazy as the '67 ones, if you can say. Right. Not as crazy. No, you're right. you're absolutely right. They, they were milder and they were kind of more driven for a purpose because the Young Lords was the group that did it at the time, and they started burning garbage and. So it started to be a, a movement to try and get some change going on. But we'll, we'll get back into that. But just to go back into our childhood, when did you know, uh, when did you come to the block? How old were you? When did you meet me? Oh, uh, I'm thinking spring of 66. Okay. Uh, spring of 66. Yeah. So we were both teenagers at the time, obviously. You were a teenager. I have I think I was twelve. I would I would have turned thirteen that following uh that January of of sixty-seven. Wow. And so that photo that you saw was taken uh a year or so within that time. But uh 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 sixty-six you know, it's funny, man. 66. I didn't, uh, when I moved to that block, I was like, okay, so I'm here. And I didn't know Victor and his brother. Well, we, I didn't realize we, we, I didn't know we were related. We were related, uh, through my brother's through my stepfather, my brother's father, their family. 
And and uh, before I met you, I had already known them. And how we got together, we formed a team to play touch football because it was already coming into the September. It was already coming into the autumn. And of course, autumn meant football, and it, and it meant you know uh, now we can stay out a little longer before the before the starts getting dark. But yeah, when I met you around sixty six, uh, late sixty six, I would have never imagined you to be who you are or turned out to be. Because even then, I said to myself, "Well, this is this is a cool guy." As a matter of fact, you were the only one that stuck out from everyone else. I don't mean to. I'm not. I'm not. Showering you with, you know, huh? I'm not showering you with uh, all this beauty because that's what it is. I was still learning about you. I was still learning about the the guys in the block and stuff. And 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 at th- what was it? Thir- Twelve, thirteen? At thirteen, what what do I know? I don't. I'm I'm just. I'm still just learning about myself and my neighborhood, my 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 surroundings. Um. Uh, uh, but you played a very important role in those early years, a very important role because though I might have had a few people in my building, I'm going to run you something. So okay. on the Go fifth floor, it, on the Go fifth floor, it. you have Toruco. On the fourth floor, you have Roberto and Jimmy Ortega. On the third floor, you had, uh, this is the building I was living in. On the third floor, we had that, that trio on the second floor, we have Victor on one side, Jay Martinez on the other side, and, and I was on the first floor. And then our next door neighbor were a bunch of were two brothers that I believe were scientists. You remember that? Yes. Yes, I okay. do. Okay. And they, were, they, and they were there for about another year or two before they actually moved out. But... Uh, when I say that you played an important role was because when I met where my, when I met those in my building, you stood out, you were, you were in a different, uh, you were, you stood out. You, you always stood out. Matter of fact, I don't know how you didn't even have a complex. You were just like, I'm part of this. I, I, I'm part of this. I breathe, I live, and I, I can walk through here at, at any time I want. And, and, and that's basically how I saw you. You had no complex. You had no fear. You wasn't tough. And you wasn't, you know, the macho man type. No. You was the simple person that you are. And that's what kept you, you know, uh, close to other people. Because they saw that in you, and they gravitated to that. Even those down the block that we really never hung out with. Who hung out with them? John Duffy did. <laughs> well, Matter of fact, if it wasn't for you, I would have probably never met any of them. <laughs> well, you know, so, thanks, it's thanks, you. thanks for sharing all that, man. I appreciate all those kind kind comments. You know, but it was kind of, you know, like you said, it was just, it was a, a adjusting adapting because here i'm going to put up a quick picture and you know who this is and i'll come back to this that's that that's my mother in the apartment on the third floor where we lived um and that's her take i took a picture of her in front of the wall back there um so i'll come back to that picture wow but you know i we grew up uh my dad died when i was four me and my brother who was four years older than me we grew up in the neighborhood changed right and all of a sudden, you know, most of the white people cut out. They were afraid. It got poor. It got bad. And so 
I had to adjust like everybody else. So my friends were everybody. You know, they were older kids. You were the younger kids. I hung with the younger kids. You didn't show it. You I, didn't. Hung out, I hung out with, you know, the, all the Puerto Rican friends, which was our crowd. And then I hung out with the Dominicans in the middle of the block, Eduardo Gomez, Gogo. And then I hung out because of him. I hung out with all the black kids who played basketball. So it was kind of like I went back and forth between everybody. You know, and I just, it just felt normal. You know, it didn't feel like. That's my normal. point. That's just, my point. But I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to separate the nationalities. Here's what I saw. A young, a young man that had no fear. Not that he was tough, but just showed no fear. I am who I am. And, and I'm going to hang out with my friends, whether it was. We used to play football, touch football in the street. We had to choose sides. We had a few guys from down the block. We had a few, uh, Gogo, his brother, his older brother. Then you had us from, from 410 and, and, and even your brother and even those from outside of the block. But the thing is, it was, there was no, uh, animosity between, uh, color barrier. It was not that we knew who we were and what we're doing. It wasn't about, please forgive me, it's not about white. There was no white. You see what I'm saying? There was no black. It was human. It was brothers. Right. There was a situation once down in the middle of the block, and whoever the person was decided to run towards Willis Avenue. And I remember Viejo telling Macho, Chino's brother, his younger brother, who actually passed away back in those early days, uh, stop him, stop him. And he did. He know he didn't know anything, but he stopped him. And and at, at that point, the crowd kind of converged, and the poor guy, who I don't know who he was and whatever he did, but that's not where he needed to be. But that's what the block was about. It wasn't a name gang. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't who's better than who. No, we just knew each other, and we knew we can hang or not hang. That's where you come in. You didn't. You didn't focus on any of that. As simple as you made it seem. That's how. It's, that's how. That's how we took it. Well, you know, and, and this is a side of. I'm about. I'm going to play because I think it's uh, you know something because everybody who doesn't know the Bronx or the South Bronx and people who've never experienced it, right? They got a one side of it. They know one side of it, and it obviously has has had a bad reputation. So. Mm -hmm. I'm rightfully deserved. But on the other hand, like we're talking about, to us, it was just a neighborhood, man. We have friends. We have fun. We we have people. We loved each other. You know, it was just, it was our home. Yep. And that's what I experienced. Yep. And yet from the outside, if you looked at it, you would have been like, oh my God, this is what it is. And it wasn't, it was that, but it wasn't that. So I'm going to play this video. It's a short video. Right. It just shows the worst part of the Bronx okay. um, during our time. And then we can talk a little bit about it. So just give me a minute to. Okay. What area, what area would I be looking at? Well, this is, and I'm going to, uh, let me just throw this map up real quick. This is a map of the Bronx and these are uh, precincts. So the 41st precinct, precinct is ours. Uh, 40th is ours right there. The 40th precinct. Yeah. Yeah. 40, 41st was Fort Apache. That Fort Apache. Oh, that okay. Was considered supposedly worse than. Yeah, yeah. But it was close. You know, both mm -hmm. of them were fairly close. So this kind of deals. A little bit more with Fort Apache, which they made a movie about with uh, 
Paul Newman for the. Well, Bachelor you have to understand today. something. Every, 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 every these small little districts all had their reputation. For, uh, uh, the 40th precinct was not one of the worst precincts. Where Fort Apache, they had a reputation, a reputation for uh, a lot of craziness. Yeah, Simpson, Westchester. That's right. It bled a little bit into our neighborhood at times, but it, it mm -hmm. was and areas were uh, mm -hmm. are mm -hmm. too, not mm -hmm. as bad. But I'm gonna play this real quick, and um, Go ahead. Go ahead. you know, and then and then we can come back and um, okay, uh, talk about this. Okay, let's see. and tell me if you can hear it. I hear it. Street justice, the Bronx, mm. New York City. I was born and raised in the Bronx. At one time, the Bronx was a thriving community. <laughs> but towards the end of the 60s, that started to change. Businesses moved out. Crime moved in. People were left with an overwhelming sense of fear and hopelessness. No job opportunities, schools being closed down, shop owners leaving. Just imagine World War II bombed out Berlin. It was just a, a war zone. Arson, murder, robbery, rape, burglary. It was considered the murder capital of the United States. The worst ghetto in all of the United States. At the epicenter of this crime wave, was the NYPD's 41st Precinct, also known as Fort Apache. The 4-1 was the busiest in the city in all levels of crime. Hands down, most dangerous square mile in America. Some pretty tough patrol grounds. So that... Yeah. Uh, that I agree. That was a little bit of what was going on while we were growing up, right? 68 69 i mean it was getting mm -hmm. it was worse but that's kind of, and like you said it was worse up in fort apache but we had awesome we had the buildings we had similar stuff in our neighborhood oh, hold on hold on a second all of most of what i saw and i recognize a few of the people that were talking uh -huh. uh, uh i would probably say 71 72 73 between 66 and 70 that I was there, it was a different type atmosphere, even though Fort Apache still existed, but it wasn't until the earlier 70s, 71, 72, 3, 4, and 5, that those years where the Bronx was actually burning. Things happened that should have never happened, whether it was political or otherwise. The fact that it happened, a lot of people suffer from that. Our generation, between 66 and 70, we were already aware of, 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 of the changes happening. What we did not do was get caught up in the politics and in, in the, uh, uh, the, uh, the mess of destroying homes and, and buildings and, and apartments for the sake of just doing it for the kicks. We never, we were not that kind of crowd. We were, we were fearful and, and, and saddened the fact that it happened and we had to see it. 
that's what that's what bothered me the most. But we were not. We were never engaged in that. We were we were we were from a different. You know what I'm trying to say? We were from a yeah. different. Era. No, no, one hundred percent. Because there was, you know, I always like to say about in life, there's the good, the bad and the ugly. You know, and I think a lot of our crowd was the good. You know, we were guy. you know, we were normal kids, but we were mostly good kids and we were not part of the the madness. And yet, and yet we were known as titeres, you know, titeres from the hood. Well, we never did anything like that. We never killed people. We never, uh, you know, assaulted people and burned buildings. But we had to, you know, I don't know if you remember, I'm going to throw up uh, 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 some some stories from my life, too. But uh, this is, you know what this is right here, right? Willis Avenue. The Willis Avenue, Willis Avenue Bridge. Bridge. Right. So we used to cross the Willis Avenue Bridge to go into Harlem. We used to go swimming at the Jefferson swimming pool on a hundred and I believe it was 110th Street. On, 110th, 110th Street. Yes. Right. And you remember that. Yes. Weekend at night, the fences would be closed. We we climb over the fences. We go swimming at night right? because we had no money. Sometimes just enough money to buy an icy on the way home. Um, oh my goodness gracious! You remember that? Okay, yeah, or yeah. To buy, or to buy one of these things that we all love, which I'm sure you yeah, remember. Yeah, the best pizza in the world, New York pizza, right? So, uh, 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 there's an Italian that where they sold the ices. They also had the pizza store, Patsy's. Called, it was called Patsy's. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the pizzeria. It's called Patsy's, and then right next door to that, they sold the ices. The ices. Uh, we were we were coming home from from swimming all afternoon, and that's the ice cream. I mean the 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 icy spot. But here's the most interesting thing. I don't know if you got a chance to do this, but uh, if we were able to hitch on a bus to get across to the Bronx, it would be done because sure. we didn't. The money we had, we spent it on ices. Well, they finally <laughs> took off those little bumpers because yes, they did. Right? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. But that was a, that was a way of getting across, and um, uh, I, I did. Yeah. I don't think you did. I know I did, and there's nothing to brag about. But <laughs> growing up, you realize things can happen very quickly, John. And you can lose a limb, lose a life, you know? You, I don't know if you remember or if you were with me that night. You might not have been with me. I, I think you might not have been. But we were coming back one evening late at night from swimming at uh, Jefferson Pool. And whoever I was with, as you come across the Willis Avenue Bridge, there's a step a stairs down to below. Yes, bridge, yes. Right? You told me that. Yeah, you told me the story. Yeah, so, so I'm, I don't know who it was, you know, Cologne, some of the boys. Anyway, they start making fun of this guy down below who we used to call back in the day a wino, right? And mm -hmm. so they're, they're making fun of the guy, and then he decides to come running up the stairs. They take off, and he catches me. And they're gone. He catches me, and just to throw that back up again, um, you know, that, if I can grab it, you know, that I'm going to try and find it. I know I have it here somewhere. But anyway, while I'm talking, so that bridge... It's nighttime. It doesn't look as nice as this. And there's a, a, a way to hang. So he hung me over backwards over that bridge. Yes, he told me. 15 years old, 14 years old. And he threatened to drop me and kill me. So I was talking my way out of it. You know, yo, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. It was them. I didn't say anything. I, I apologize, brother. So I'm doing all that. And so he hangs me for a while. And I'm like seeing my life come before me. And then I remember you telling me. 
Yeah, and he brings me up and he goes, you know, I, I'm going to let you slide this time, bro. He said, but I got a, a, something to tell you. Don't ever treat anybody like this. And, you know, I said, no, I won't. But he left me with a message. For That's life. my always, point. Never, That's... never, never. And look, who, look, look at who he grabbed. Look at who he grabbed and, 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 and tortured him. Where the others who probably started the, 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 the whole thing were not there to help you. And the advice he gave you was the best advice he can give in any to any individual. 100%. When you told me when you told me the story, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I said to myself, out of all the bodies that were there, you he picked you. Uh, maybe you were too slow. Maybe you didn't get away fast enough. The fact, that he, <laughs> the fact that he caught you is just one of those things. But it only goes to prove that we were not bad people because if we were have been bad people, they would have came back. They would have backed you up and all of you would have ganged up on him. And But that was not the case. You had a story to tell. Yeah. And, and it scared the life out of you. Hell yeah. But he had a heart. It wasn't the only time. I had a couple others like that, you know, <laughs> getting robbed at Sal's and having a dude put a gun on my head and having to talk my way out of that. Sal's, Sal's. As a matter of fact, you got me. You got me to work there at the, at the supermarket, the superette. That's right. You got me to work there, and and oh, I owe you so much. You, ha I have so many memories, John, that it would take more than this show to cover. Matter of fact, I don't even think I want to share it. It's just that. <laughs> You know, it, a lot of good, a lot of good times here. Here's one. Here's one. You want to be a big man and show that you can hold a Roman candle in your hand and set it off. But you didn't do it out in the street. No, you did it in your apartment in the bathroom. Only to find out, I found out later, that you burn your arm because it backfired on you. Yeah, well, you know, at, at the time, uh, I, I think we had, I was selling fireworks at the time to make some money, right? I don't know who else was selling them with me. It was illegal. We were selling fireworks right on the street. And we went to, either, I think, Coney Island that day. We went to Coney Island and we came back from Coney Island. Great day, fantastic, fun, man. And we come back from Coney Island on the train and we come back to my apartment. I got one Roman candle left. So I right. go into my bathroom. My mother's in the kitchen. I go into the bathroom. I'm gonna fire off this Roman candle, and instead of it shooting up, it shoots back into my. It hand. backfired on you. Oh man! And it burned my whole hand. And my mother wanted to take me to the hospital, and we used to call the hospital at that time Lincoln Hospital, the butcher shop. Oh yeah. So I was like, Nah, I ain't going to the butcher shop. No, I ain't doing it, man. You know. <laughs> so we're, I'm laying in bed in massive pain, and then I just kind of. I remember. I just started thinking about Coney Island. And I was, you know, having such a good flashback to Coney Island that I fell asleep and forgot the pain. And I woke you up know, and with blisters all over my damn hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me, you showing me. I remember you showing me your arm. And, and it was like, it's hard to believe that you went and this happened. But fireworks, as dangerous as it might have been, I remember uh, once putting a, a firecracker in somebody's back pocket and it blew up. And I said, for the life of me, never. I, I, you know, it, it freaked me out to think that I could do that. The fact that he didn't catch me and I, I didn't get a whipping behind it, the thought that I could have damaged something to him really made me realize, no, I, I, I got to stay away from all of this. I love my boys, but I learned from my boys how to protect myself from my boys. 
because right. that, that influence was a bit much. You stood out. John, you were the exception to a lot of things. I hung out with you because of your kindness and people respected you because of who you are. Other than that, probably would have never been able to hang out with you because we did a lot of crazy stuff, bro. Central Park ice skating in the in the lake. Uh, 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 football in the snow in Burger and in, 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 in a, a Grand Concourse, or was it Grand Concourse or 138th Street, 137th Street? And uh, that's 141st Street, right? Uh, that, that's the, I don't know what street this is. This that looks like the, 141st. And then this is 138th Yeah, Saint that's St. Jerome's. That's St. Jerome's. Yeah, that's yeah. where I went to school. Um, so, uh, but, and I say this because you had a different attitude. You might have gotten caught from time to time in certain circumstances, but your attitude and the way you carried yourself, it, it made it easy for me to gravitate to you. And, and you didn't look at me like a younger brother. No, I was your boy. We were boys. We were growing up. I didn't, if you got in trouble, I got in trouble. If I got in trouble and you saw that I, that I messed up, you were going to tell me. You know what I'm saying? But we were not like that. And uh, so when I say between 66 and 70, that attitude that people carry, you got to understand, too, the cops were more family friendly to the to the kids and to the family than 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 from the 70s on up, where all of a sudden they turned around and started attacking the cops that are helping us. How you do things like that? And no wonder why things got out of control. Well, we there's one cop. There's the one cop. There's one cop, Bosco, and the reason why they call him Bosco was because he was black, and but he he was a community type man with, with, with a community type of conscious, and 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 he would play with the kids and hang out, and he would sit by the stoop and talk and let us know about things. But if you double cross them or if you did something illegal and think you were going to get away with it, he would be the first one in your face. And I seen him in action. I seen him do these things. Bosco was just a given name, but the guy must have had a heart of gold because everybody liked him and everybody respected him. They weren't afraid. Whatever he said, take it as gospel. He's not going to lie to you. And, and and a lot of a lot of people felt that, you know, well, who's this guy? You know, and, and that's that when attitudes start to change, all of a sudden cops that are looking after the community are now looking after their own life because you got creeps out there that feel no who's this guy you know coming into our area taking over or, or, or helping the community all of that I, I try not to get into that because really really it's 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 it's, it's ugly it's ugly you know, what you're saying is so true i mean because he was he was just somebody he would take off his gun give it to his partner and throw down with you fist fight if he had to challenge a man to man and he was he was somebody like you said he was this tough guy and at the same in a tough place and he just you know he cared he really cared about people and you knew it but he wasn't somebody that you could mess with or you could get over on you're not supposed to he did his job but he treated everybody with respect he, mm -hmm. he gave you the respect that he deserved as well so yeah i mean and yet like you said it I, and i'm not going to say who or anything like that but i told you a story about it but there was at one point I knew a story where somebody who was obviously going down the drug path at that point in their life actually threw a, um, a refrigerator off the roof trying to kill him. And yeah. luckily did not succeed. And luckily, 
you know, it all kind of nothing ever happened with it. But that's the neighborhood it was. There was good people and then there was bad people. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then because of drugs and because of this thing called, you know, her oh, heroin, goodness. Goodness it, it, gracious. Got, it got really bad, right? Because then it just took the neighborhood even in a worse turn. And then the neighborhood got even worse because of uh, a drug addiction. Well, you see, that that part, that part, the drug part has always been there. Uh, the those individuals that got caught up in it, and I lost a lot of friends behind it. Even in the late in the mid late sixties, early seventies, that I said to myself, "Wow, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but it's always been around us." And but uh, drugs, you know, John, in the in the forties and fifties that generation also had to deal with these situations and our generation from the 60 from 66 to 70 and, and the crowd we were in they might have been one or two people that indulged but it didn't trickle down until later into the earlier part of the 70s where those that never did in the 60s and the 70s are all of a sudden a part of that you know what I'm saying? And yeah. that that's 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 a piece of 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 a fact that we had to live with. I I lost countless friends behind that. And it's um you know, I feel bad. Today I could still remember us having a good time. I cannot imagine them being so lost that they actually lost the battle and lost their life in the process because of these drugs. Uh, but that, you know, when I get into politics, and uh, that, that's well, a whole we'll, different ball game. We'll get real quick into that and come quick out of it because I'm not going to spend a lot of no, time. No, I really don't want to indulge in that either. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of, you know, went into that for a period of time. Obviously, as you know, it, it was part of my journey with uh, in the Bronx. But before I go to that, like you said, a lot of people kind of got caught up in heroin, a lot of my friends. And I just got lucky, uh, Carmelo, because, you know, I would I say, looking back on it, my drug was basketball. So luckily, when all my friends would come and say, hey, let's, you know, let's go get high, I'd be like, yeah, as soon as the basketball game is over. And the basketball game was never over for me. I'd play until 4 o'clock in the morning, right? So I was Easy. like, you know, I, I, I almost fall asleep running down the court. That's Easy. how crazy I was Easy. crazy, right? And I loved it so much that it, it kind of it gave me something, uh, a positive thing as opposed to getting caught up in some of the negative. So I got lucky, you know, and I didn't make that other choices. But I hung out with all of them. I hung out when they were high. I hung out when they were doing their thing. But it wasn't my thing. And so I got lucky that way. Um, and that kind of got me through that phase of life. And luckily, I didn't go down that path because it would have been harder. But well, you, as you know, I mean, being the guy, I, I'm going to show a quick picture. I remember growing up in that neighborhood, I got involved in the politics. This is the Nation of Islam. I used to buy their newspaper, Muhammad Speaks. I mean, they used to freak out. I like this white boy would come up to them on 149th Street. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you, you're, skipping, you're skipping a part here when you started getting into martial arts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you were the only guy in that block that was into martial arts. For some reason, I, you just it just trickled down from, from you. It trickled down. But And then you, when you got into the uh, revolutionary part of politics, 
Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I learned all about these guys because of you. The Paper Palante, uh, 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 Malcolm X, uh, 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 Elders Cleaver. I learned all of these guys because of you, Mr. John. <laughs> Duffy, you used to have literature and newspapers, and and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I learned it from you because if I had learned it any other way, it probably wouldn't have affected me as much. That's the influence you have when you learn something and you pass it on. You make it your mission to at least pass on the real part of it. You know, you lack of. Uh, you don't bullshit. You say it how it is. You can read it and you can see it. When you were doing martial arts, that was one thing. When you were doing your revolutionary uh, papers on, 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 on the Black Panthers, the, uh, the Young Lords and, and, and Malcolm, and it was all a learning experience. A lot of people saw that and felt threatened and felt threatened to the point that they were against the establishment. They don't realize that these people that they're talking about have a war to fight and that's staying alive. And a lot of them didn't make it. And we know that when I was in high school, because of what I learned from you and American studies, American histories, I tried passing on some of that information to my classmates and the teacher only to find out that the teacher did not understand where I was coming from. The class didn't care and basically made me look like a fool. <laughs> right. You know, you just went through so and, much. And, and the weird thing, I got it in black and white. I'm showing it to them. Look, this is, this is the black Panthers thing. And then on the other side of that, there's a, there's a big article on this, on this, on the Ponce massacre, which happened in Ponce, Puerto Rico, uh, about 1934, where there was a massacre for pe people were protesting and the government just felt that they wanted to, you know, get rid of this and, and, and literally open fire on these innocent people that were just protesting for whatever. Anyway, I, I, I mentioned this to my teacher in the class and it was they, they looked at me like I had three heads. And so the teacher tells me uh, in a nutshell, maybe the people got what they deserve. I said to myself, and you call yourself a history teacher? At that point, I said to myself, wow, man, as much as I love school, this is not working. I'm already in my fourth year of high school. This is not working, but yet I'm carrying literature that I have one point or another, learn from you. But so, to, to, to exercise it is a whole different you know, matter. So to, to kind of just, because I, I want to get on to some music stuff with you, but just to kind of go through a rush quick thing with you. So I dropped out of high school when I was 15. I got into uh, Kung Fu, Wusu down in uh, Manhattan. Yes, you I did. Went, I went into this school for two years. I became a junior instructor. And, I, and it was kind of funny, once again, just because of the neighborhood, most of the people who were at my school studying were Black Panthers, Black Muslims, Young Lords, and then me, right? So we are at the school <laughs> with, this, with this Chinese uh, uh, instructor who was fantastic. But he gave me, once again, a gift. But for, for those two years, I learned values. I learned to respect people, to respect myself, that know how to defend yourself, but don't get into trouble. Don't, don't look for trouble. Know how to, if, if trouble comes your way, you can defend yourself, but you're never going to start trouble. That's not what that's, it's about. Never start trouble, right? That's what I'm talking about. He gave me the values for a lifetime. So I did it for two years, got injured, and I wasn't able to go any further, unfortunately, but I still have it as part of my body. 
but I want to just do a shout out. He came up on here. He said a shout out to Carmelo, another survivor of the concrete jungle and the mean streets of the South Bronx. Ed, go, go, Gomez. <laughs> so uh, our brother Ed is watching the show. I'm going to have Ed on next week, hopefully from the Dominican Republic, from the DR. And uh, he's another person that, you know, we lived on the basketball courts together. Um, you know, he, uh, he said, what a great neighborhood with our African-American, Puerto Rican, Irish and Italian brothers. Right on. Right on, Ed. So I went through all that phase and then, of course, the political phase. And I did that, all that stuff. And to me, it was it, we were trying. The reason I got into all the radical stuff was to make the neighborhood better, to change things, because to me, drugs was bad. Gangs, gangs were bad. They weren't doing anything good. And we needed to do something good. So that's, why that's what I'm trying to do it. Do something good. Right. So that's kind of what got me into it and where we went on that journey. For you, you went on a, a, a separate journey. And I want to get to your journey because. You know, tell us about what I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot right now. But before I forget, before I forget, you see, you you didn't you didn't introduce me to this in a, a, with it with it maliciousness in in mind. No, this is what's happening. Learn about it. Learn to learn to learn to uh, recognize it and 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 talk about it. Those are the things that you were giving us. You wasn't giving us. Uh, ways of how to get even, or how to how to uh, you know uh, uh, bomb someplace or or jump some crowd. No, that's not what you were doing. And 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 with the martial arts and with the uh, and with the uh, uh, radical uh, uh, learning about the system, you wasn't about let's be mean, let's be let's be heartless. That wasn't what you were talking about. What you were talking about, read and learn and find out why it is what it is. John, we're in 2023. In 1970-71, which is what I was talking about earlier, between 71 and 75, maybe even 76, 77, 78, pretty much the, the, the 70s, politics ate up the Bronx and it was those people that just did not realize the only way to fix this is uh, through through uh, means of communication not destroying areas that we loved and grew up in that's not what it's about you know who was talking like that too Felipe Luciano Felipe Luciano he's one of the young lord members and and his thing is you know People educate yourself so that you can you can you can understand why we are where we are. Not not that we're gonna you know get together and and and, and you know uh, destroy a neighborhood just for the sake of doing it. No, you 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 literally taking people out of their homes and you literally burning neighborhoods that people need to live in. Before I forget, one of the things I appreciate about you and Mr. Eduardo Gomez, aka Gogo, <laughs> is that. It, you guys always choose up teams and it didn't matter what team I was in because I know I was going to be in a cool side no matter what. I'm going to play. I'm going to be part of this. And and But that was go-go. Whether it was basketball, whether it was football, whether it was uh, uh, you know, uh, hitting a Spalding on the stoop, you know, stickball, whatever. That was the people we were. We were about fun. We were, we were living in slums, but we didn't see slums. We saw caring people. Our families took care of everyone else. Their families took care of us. Your moms, your moms was an angel. Your moms was a... When I met your moms, I said to myself, holy cow, 
you know, this is this. She's still living here. Other people, other people would have would have given up and say, "I'm out." Your mom's was there from whatever time you guys moved in until she couldn't take it no more. I believe she moved out to where did she? Did she well, go back we, to? Ryan? No, we finally convinced her. It took a lot of convincing. Me and my brother got her up to Arthur Avenue. But you know the funny thing. That was in that, the late seventies, though, right? Yeah, it was. A, it got really bad, and yet, you know, people actually looked out for her. Even kids who had got yeah, into the whole looked out for her. They didn't rob her. They didn't. No, do anything. no. I mean, everybody looked out for her. Which no. Thing, but we finally said enough's enough. We got to get you yeah. out of here. We, yeah. You know, we kind of muscled her out, and we took her up to Arthur Avenue at that point. But she, she was, she was, uh, she was a godsend to a lot of people. You know where we live, man. You know they, they looked out for her, and, and yeah. she, we knew who she was, and she knew who the whole block was. But you know, it was the thing, all of us, and that's why I get back to that. What we were saying, growing up together, you know, like everybody would come over and eat at my house because she would make hamburgers or steak, you know, because that's all she knew how to make, right? And I would go over to your house or Cologne's house and eat Puerto Rican food because to me. That's what I wanted. I didn't want my food. I was tired of my food. I wanted, you know, I wanted great Puerto Rican food. So we you got know, a food exchange program. You know, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something, John, because I realized, and we talked about this once before, you and I. We have so much to exchange, and so many, so many years. This, this show is not gonna cover it. You know, you, you, you think. And, and, and the little highlight, and the little highlight we gave them, it, it, to me, is all about what you've done for me. What I do for you is that I love you, and brother, my hair is standing on ends, and and, and and that will never change. Thank you, brother. And, and I'm grateful. Well, I'm grateful. And we've gotten a chance to stay connected over the years. You've come out here to uh, uh, LA. I'll show you some pictures later. I went to Orlando, stay with you. But before I get into that part of it, I got to get to the most important part of who you are, is music. Musica, brother. So, you know, <laughs> well, you I tell you what, I tell you what, I, 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 was, I, was, I was practicing something. I know you have a birthday coming up, so it's a very simple theme, and we know what it is. But this is my version to you because I love you. And, and, and this is not to be sold, okay? So bear with me. All right. So this is this is a special. I will probably lower the volume. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's one of your pictures. Yeah, that's a great picture, man, of you on the drums, and I uh, I got it from your uh, uh, Facebook page. Um, okay. Now look at just he's before you start. Just for everybody, look at that collection of music behind him. O M G, as they say, the kids say. Um, that's just an amazing collection of music. This is somebody who loves music and um, started out when he was a little kid. So I'm going to let you go. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, matter of fact, I am going to take myself out of this and just let you go stage so you can play and we can watch this. I'm going to take my picture out. So hang with me. Ba -da -da. Ba -da -da. Happy birthday, 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 happy bir
Jack. Wow. Wow. Hey, hey. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, that's the blessing of our friendship after all these years. Thank you, my that's, that's John. Love, you, man. Love you. Thank you for that. That is, I, I knew you had a surprise. I had no clue it was going to be that. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Buddy. I learned how to separate my left and my right with different times for different instruments. That's a gift from God. That's a gift he gave me since I was a child. When I was, when I, before I met you, I had no clue about music yet. My mother would have albums. I'm making a long story short. There were albums being heard at home. When I met you at that point, I was already uh, at PS49. I learned to play trumpet from the fourth grade to the sixth grade, then from the seventh grade to the eighth grade. Anyway, and that's how I learned my music. I didn't see it the way I see it today. I've been in there for so long and done so much that it's become part of my, it's the ticker in my heart. And you, you remember saying to yourself, I'm walking in rhythm? You ever, yep. you ever did that? Uh-huh. Okay. You, you walk in rhythm. You have a crazy walk in rhythm. You do. I, I, and, and you know the funny thing, you used to walk down the block and there goes Duffy. Where are you going? I don't know, but let's go over there. He's got me. He's going to do something. Something's going to happen because he's walking down the block. <laughs> okay, but I learned all of that through the years, and and that gift that God gave me, I'm able to pass on to you, like I did today in church, John. And it, what mattered was that I was playing. What mattered was that the message was being received. I was receiving it, and from here it went out there, and and the people enjoy it. This is not a loud place where people, you know, oh hallelujah, you know, it's a Catholic church. <laughs> so you, you got to be respectable. You got to learn to, you got to remember that this is not all, all out music. No, this is controlled music. And that's what I learned, how to control. You taught me a long time ago about control. You may not realize it, but yes, you did. Among those that has passed away, I can name names, but I'm not. And I'm grateful that they, in my lifetime, were part of my life. And that's why I love you so much, brother. Well, thank you. I love you. You're well. still here. And you're on my uh, my birthday show, man. So I'm like, but anyway, your, your cousin uh, Lillian said that's your her cousin. She's um, watching us. Hey, Lillian. <laughs> shout, shout out to Lillian. Love Lillian, yeah. <laughs> um, that's Victor's sister. That's Victor's older sister. And then, of course, Eduardo wished me a happy birthday. His Irish brother. Thank you, Eduardo. And you're on the show next week. On the DR, man, we we're gonna go uh, strong again. But you know, the thing, you, you know, some of the stuff with music, uh, you know, I, I want to go there and then later because I don't want to uh, come in because I'm gonna go into some of the people later at a sad moment. But mm -hmm. this is our crowd. But like you were telling me the other day about music, you got you were listening to country music uh, from your from your folks, he right? My my stepfather, yeah, my stepfather, yeah. And then you said I introduced you to a, a, a whole set of music, which <laughs> you know you reminded me. You are you are influential, and you didn't realize it. You know, so tell us that story, man. Go go a little bit. Okay, okay. I, I didn't know about Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell till you told me. I didn't know about the Temptations and Supremes doing a single album together till you told me. <laughs> I didn't know about Stevie Wonder's uh uh uh, uh, uh or Smokey Robinson till you told me. 
Why? Because you used to come down the block with 45s you just purchased. And you were the only one that was carrying sold music in your hands. 45s are the way it'd be. I would have I would have probably heard of them eventually, but not at that moment. Duffy made sure of that. <laughs> but John, John, I also learned about blood, sweat, and tears because of you. I also learned about 10 years uh, of the band, the band, because of you. I also learned, I can go on and on. Well, when, I, gave you, I gave you the rock stuff because my brother, Pat, who was older than me, he brought the rock to me and then I shared the rock to you. But, I, but it was I, good I, rock. But it yeah. was good rock. It was it was an outrageous rock. It was well, good rock. Know, it was great. And, but he, you know, I was I was into soul. He was into rock. You were into you know salsa and, and all music. You were into everything. I was absorbing everything I can get. My hands well, on. You, you had the gift. You know, you had the gift of music, and I was just a a listener. And I and soul music was I loved it. You know, so it was what I was. Uh, I grew up on. That's kind of my, yeah. who I was. So yeah, man, those were. Those were fun times. I'm going to throw you know, a couple of uh, pictures of you just, and then we'll talk more. But this, this is just a series of pictures uh, of, you, of you playing. Yeah, yeah that's a concert we did out here. Oh, that's a concert in Central Park the first time Central ever. Park, yeah. Um, yeah. Here's, here's another one with all the drums. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, those two guys, three guys there. Uh, very close. Matter of fact, the guy on the opposite by right next to behind, uh, next to the photo on the wall next to the picture on the wall he is very influential also his name is juan rodriguez the guy to his right is angelo barreto his father was a composer uh, uh of cuban music and 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 he, he he did a lot of things for a lot of different people back in his day that's his son angelo barreto the guy on angelo's right is uh, actually the owner of the apartment and those drums are all his Wow. And we just decided to go up there one day, and and there they were, and and so we just grabbed the drum and started playing. And here, uh, is another... here, yeah, this is my boy Juan and Carlos. Carlos is Carlos is a dancer, guitarist, just a wonderful person. And the guy behind him is a a, a bass player. Uh, uh, I forget his name, man, but he awesome people, John. I. Oh, oh my goodness gracious! How dare you! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just hear you singing too. Holy, you know? uh, well, yeah, you could say that. She <laughs> is Awilda. Her name is Awilda. She's, she did, uh, she did three of our C, two of our CDs that I'm on, and she's, a, she's a lead singer on several songs. Yeah, she's awesome. And that, that's Angel Rodriguez on your, on the far end of, to the left. And Tito Puente in the middle, and Willie Rodriguez uh, next to my on my right. Willie Rodriguez is Ray Rosado's brother-in-law, and he knew he knew me from '69. He's out here in Florida, so yeah. And then the guy uh, on Angel's left, uh, uh, well, this was in City Island. Uh, the guy, the guy on Angel's left. Uh, trombonist band leader, and he had it was his group. And we're playing at this uh, uh, penthouse type situation when Puente walked in. The number's already cooking. And Puente walks in, grabs the sticks, and starts to solo. I was in heaven. I was in heaven. And for those who don't know, 
if anybody doesn't know, Tito Puente is just like a superstar, right? He is major. Major. Matter of fact, Celia Cruz, Machito, Miguelito Valdez, Benny Moret, all of those characters you see right there are characters that shape what that music is today. Uh, uh, and it continues to be because of them. And, and to play with, you know, people like that and just, you know, you coming from the South Bronx and just ending up because of your love of music, because of that whole uh, wall behind you of, I don't know, I got to say it's over a thousand. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't even count it. I just, because I, every day I try to listen to uh, old stuff, new stuff, and, and just, it just get my bearings as to what it means to me. I'm not out to sell. I'm not out to, to make money from souls that passed away and this is what they left. No, but I'm grateful that they're out there. I'm grateful that I'm able to listen to these things. Man, you don't, there are times I sit here and I say to myself, wow, my, our parents, they had it good as far as music is concerned. Politically speaking, they were, they were, they didn't realize it, but they were going to be messed up, <laughs> you know, but as far as music was concerned, they had the best, Puente Machito, Tito Rodriguez, you know, and on and on and on. And, uh, you know, the last time I was down, that's us uh, in, in your place right there in Orlando and, you know. All the whole time that I'm there with you, it's a picture of me and, and you uh, uh, shaking hands. But you know, you're like giving me an education. And then check out this song. And then check out that song. And you're like, you know, like I'm sitting there, like I feel like I'm in a music. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. There was, there was a, there was a. We were listening to the radio when something came on, and we were listening to Christian radio. Right. And something came on and it sure. caught your attention. You said, Kamalo, I like this. And I realized to myself, oh, this is another side of John I've never seen before. Christian music is beautiful. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it's, it's going on today, both in, uh, in all sorts of communities. If you're into Christian music, you're going to hear all different types. The, the awards, the, the, the Grammys, the, the, the Country Music Awards, all of these things are being influenced with Christian music and Christian people that are, God is the only man we need to, you know, pray to. This is not about souls. And, no, we pray to him. He's giving us all of this. When I heard you were listening to this thing, so we just bought, we just bought the latest of, where am I? Where am I? Where am I quickly? Ah, uh, yes. Miss Lauren Daigle. This is her latest CD. Oh, uh, you yes. can't see it. Well, that's what was on the radio that, that, yes. that, that day. Lauren Daigle. Yes. And I she was, yeah, I she was, to her all the time. She's, uh, she's very, uh, uh, what a talent. And the music's beautiful. And so, when I found out that you were into her, I said to myself, John, this is another level of John I've never yeah. seen before. God bless him. He's only going to enjoy it more and more. Yes, you did play something earlier. She was on one of the talk shows the other night, and my wife told me about it. And I said, oh, man, we missed it. But, yeah, she's, she's an incredible singer. She writes her own words and, and shares it with the piano player. They make up the music. They go to the studio and do what they do. And I'm so grateful to to learning about her. Yeah, she was excellent. And we had a great time because then you took, you know, then you, you know, played some additional uh, Christian music that you were listening to and we got a chance to share and listen to all that. Um, <laughs> I'm, 
I know you can't read it on your screen, and I got to read it even though it's long because my boy Eduardo is- uh, We grew up cultural so, and social yeah, revolution. Cultural and social revolution. Our musicians were artists, poets. They described what we were living. Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Mercy, mercy. Revolution by uh, uh, Smith, Curtis Smith. Mayfield, We the People. We are darker than blue. Willie Colon attended. Uh, <laughs> we were a hub of great people like Nate Archibald, Willie Colon, and yes, Bosco <laughs> was an awesome police officer who even played. That's our life. That's our life. You just read our life right there. Right <laughs> on, Go Go Gomez, my good brother, man from the D. I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to hearing that program. But you know something, John? Before before we log off and stuff. Thank you for being in my life, brother. If, if God forbid anything should happen to either you or me, I've been touched with your blessings. Thank you, God. You know, because of Him, I'm grateful to you. Um, yeah, there ain't a lot that can get me quiet, Carmelo, but you just did, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I say that because uh, 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 Much love, a quick a quick story, a quick story. Uh -oh, I was talking to a good buddy of mine, Mr. Raymond Rosado. He passed away not too long ago, three years ago. He's the leader of the group that I made the CDs with. Anyway, so in the process of talking about the third CD, something that was going on in there, I'm on the phone here in my house in Florida. He's in the Bronx. And so we got talking, we got talking. And, and I said something and he disagreed and I disagreed. And, and so we hung up and I said, you know what, I'm going to call him back to make Make sure that we understand what we were talking about. Well, he didn't pick up the phone that day. He didn't pick it up the next day. He didn't pick it up the next day. That Saturday, I found out he was gone. Uh, my heart has been broken since, brother. I have my wife and I love my wife. And I, I'm grateful to the Lord for giving me every day. But when I lost friends like Raymond Rosado, it makes me realize that you, John Duffy, as long as you're alive and we're going we're gonna to share this forever. But the day one of us fade out, I'm blessed to have you. And that that means more to me than all the monies in the world, buddy, and all the music in the world. I, I, I'm going to just throw up, since we're on a kind of sad but appreciative note, because we've been in our lives. And I just I want to throw up somebody who also was in our lives, because you'll see all the, the people uh, in that picture which is uh, Willie Russian, who we grew up with, who was a musician. Oh, my goodness. And when he passed, and this is uh, the group that was at. Some oh, of my goodness. You got you got Juan Rodriguez there. You got Danny De Valle. You got Victor Maldonado. Uh, you got a few other people there that knew Willie. I may not have known them, but they knew Willie really well. Yeah, there's a, a bunch of people that, you you know, all from the block and uh, uh, um a former girlfriend of mine, Lucia Hernandez from the Bronx. So just a whole group of people. And then you remember this picture right here. Oh, right? oh my goodness. That's Doña Elma, man. That's that's the Papos and Jay, Mary Martinez. That's Mrs. Martinez. That lady, man, talk about godsend. John, let me tell you something, brother. I didn't get lost because there were people there that cared for me. That lady there took care of the block like your moms took care of the block. She was no That's different, right. you know. She, I, you shouldn't have put that up. She blowing me up, man. You messing me up. She was an she was an angel. She touched our heart. She lived in the projects across the street. On she, yeah, 
she was an uh, incredible angel. And then I got the opportunity. And just like you say, these are all my friends for a lifetime, people I grew up with. And this is, you know, you may recognize this opportunity and this family, the Martinez family, right? Um, That's Melba. That's Melba and Mary. And Mary, and right. And they, they made me a dinner when I got down there and I took my daughter on a tour of my neighborhood with Willie's daughter and Willie. And we went and had dinner with them and we hung out and we reminisced wow. about the South Bronx, man. So all those moments, all those magic moments, all those things that I've been blessed in my life to have have those people in my life. And of course, that's why you're on the show on my birthday, singing me of all things, happy birthday, brother. I, you know, I, I am so blessed, grateful and say, hey, you know, God's definitely, I didn't plan this out the, the way it was. God obviously had a bigger plan for me. And, and he took me on a journey, and I'm so grateful for that journey. Well, so that he kept you in my life. Thank you, thank you for carrying me along. <laughs> thank you for carrying me along, man. It, it'll last with me for the rest of my life. We both carried each other, and I know sometimes people who ain't been from the streets and ain't been from the from the so, bottom like we have. When you get on the phone with me and we talk, it, it that day is a blessing to me. I get off that phone, and no matter what's going on in my life. I just got blessed that day because the conversation is one of a love between two brothers. But you know, let me let me say this because where we came from and how we grew up, no, we make the difference. We make the difference. You 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 have a choice of doing the right thing or doing the wrong thing. It's just basic. Right. You know what I'm saying? And if you can't decide that, then you're in trouble. I'm just fortunate, you know, to make some of the right choices. Because even when we dropped out from each other's lives, John, there were situations that I said to myself, no, you don't need to be here. You better, you better move and you better think about what you're doing. Get out of here and do, you know, do what you have to do to not be here. And, and, and as much as I love music, music was a, a, an influence in such ways that if I'm not on stage, then I'm out there doing what I'm not supposed to be doing. I try to get the best out of being a musician and that's being on stage. I'd be on stage and I'm a whole different person. I'm out about walking the streets of New York or Florida. Now I have to look out for myself and do the right thing. And that I learned from my buddies like you, like Ray, and those that has gone on and those that are still around. And I'm just grateful. Victor, you know, I speak to Victor from time to time. And, and, uh, and he's done a lot of things with different groups. And, and I saw firsthand, I don't know if I want to be that. You know what? I don't want to be famous. I don't want to make big money. I don't care if I'm known. I just want to be able to enjoy myself and, and see people enjoying themselves because of what I'm doing. Yeah, I don't want to sell my soul you know, and 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 just like just sell my soul and and get nothing out of it. No, no, it's got to be give and take. You know, this is what it's about. Well, my good brother, I'm gonna close out. I already went over the one hour mark, but I knew that. Oh was my God! I tell you, this is not enough time. We did the Cliff Notes version. You know, I mean, yeah, this is only a little short intro to the life we had together and the great things we. You know. If, if if people that are seeing this, the one thing I would appreciate that they come away with was that we are survivors, but we're no different from what they've gone through. And I've seen a lot of your programming, bro. And let me tell you, 
I can't even compare to what they've been through only to come out on the other side. Okay. So yeah, your show means a, a lot. You just mean a lot to me, period. <laughs> That's just so, you know? But your show gave these people a platform to, uh, to express themselves. And I've heard a lot of stuff and I'm like, wow, man, I, I, I couldn't imagine myself being in that position. You know what I'm saying? So, and they came out on the other side. So that's grateful. You know, God, God's helping them because God lives. Well, brother, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for getting, for all the things you just said, all the music, all, all your life, the fact that, you know, we're, we're, we're brothers and we love each other for life. And I'm, I'm just honored and blessed for that. Um, okay. Thing. And I'm, you know, okay. so thank you. Um, so anything you want to finish with, otherwise I'm going to just kind of tell people about next week and, uh, um, you know, watch this show, man. You know, I'm blown away by it. I'm going to watch it again. because You know, you know, what comes to mind, John, is a prayer, but I don't like to be boisterous and I don't want to. So, but a prayer to the, our Lord for keeping us safe and, and showing us the right way. Uh, is all I got to say, and I'm grateful for that. And I want to continue being that way. Just take good care of yourself, and 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 I look forward to listening to your next shows. I'm grateful for what you just did, you know. And that's what this is what we do, bro. <laughs> this is what we do. I was telling that to my wife. You know, I don't sing happy love birthday. You, love, love you too. I'm gonna put. Hey, this is the picture of his better half together with him. Um, yeah. <laughs> And, and she, I love you. Thank you. Thank like you so I said, much. I don't get a chance to tell this to too many people. So thank you for the opportunity. You oh, know? Thank you. And I'm I'm glad that, you know, we were able to do it. And this just makes my birthday okay. so special, man. I appreciate you, brother. I, well, I could you. send you I could send you a few hundred dollars. And I just don't have it. <laughs> hey, but uh, your love. dollars or even a million dollars could not match what you did by playing happy That's birthday. what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, brother. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. My love to you, brother, all right? And thank you so much for the opportunity. We'll call each other again offline so that, you know, I hope yeah, that we... You can, you can stay on, mother. I'm going to take you off, but stay on. Don't go off yet. I'm going to close the show out, okay? Okay. All right. All right. Well, I just want to... Uh, what what a journey through my life, through Carmelo's life, through the South Bronx, and uh, what a show. You get a little idea of who I am and what I'm about, and, and, and just a little bit of the journey, my life from yesterday to the Bronx, and then obviously to the future. So next week, join me again. Uh, hopefully uh, uh, we'll be able to make the next connection from the South Bronx, mine to Hollywood and his to the Dominican Republic. And you saw some of his comments on uh, the show today, Eduardo Gogo Gomez, an amazing brother who uh, we grew up on the streets playing sports. And he went on, I went to the Dominican Republic and got to hang out with him in his homeland. He's back, he went back to Florida and now he's back in the DR and he has a powerful story of making a difference in the world. So you gotta watch that. And once again, another one of the brothers that I was blessed to grow up with in the South Bronx. And um, so join me next Sunday. And you wanna give me a birthday gift? Subscribe to my YouTube channel, it's free. Subscribe, just go to Live Courageously, John Duffy, and subscribe so you can uh, get notified about future shows. So with that said, um, have a great day. Uh, I'll see you next weekend at 2 p.m. Sunday. And uh, until then, make your life a masterpiece and God bless.